Rod. I went to Arizona State. Rod. I'm a Sun Devil, man. State of the Sun Devils from Arizona Sports with Jesse Morrison, Jeremy Schnell, and Jake Anderson. Hello and welcome to another edition of State of the Sun Devils. This time we're doing a basketball preview alongside Jesse Morrison and Jake Anderson over at uh, the football stadium. He's getting ready to cover both basketball games today. I'm Jeremy Schnell. Jake, uh, you're over there uh, getting ready for the men's team to play today. Let's first of all take a look at uh, what they did last season. 14-17, and 10-10 and 10 in the Pac-12, so... Almost got over 500. Couldn't get there. Yeah, they were. They played really well at the end of the season, and then they just kind of collapsed in that Pac-12 game at the uh, at the tournament. Um, and yeah, they were. I thought that they might like run the table and actually make the NCAA tournament. That's how well they were playing heading in to the Pac-12 championship or the Pac-12 tournament, um, and it ended up not working out. So yeah, that's that's last season. What, what's kind of your vibe, Jake? What, what, do you, what do you feel when you, when you think about this team coming into the season? I don't really know exactly what to expect. Obviously, we've seen over the last few years it's become more of a guard you uh, sort of basketball team with a lot of playmakers, a lot of dribbling, um, a lot of shooting, not so much that size. Um, I'm hoping that offensively that they can do a little better than they did last year. Obviously, with the, the biggest struggle we saw was that Washington State game when they had like 29 points, like something Everybody keeps bringing up like the that. Washington State game, and it keeps hurting my soul to think back to me watching that game. I was there. Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, it was it, – it, especially – and I, I keep going back to the 2019-2020 team because I think that was the best Bobby Hurley team that we saw. They were going to be a three seed in the Pac-12, obviously going to make the uh, NCAA tournament. But we have no idea what could have been. That team just kind of didn't get its opportunity. But having said all that, I'm excited to finally see Marcus Bagley play basketball for the Arizona State Sun Devils. Hopefully. Did you hit a table? I did. I banged the table. <laughs> I, I wish I had video of that. Yeah, I, I hope to see him tonight when I'm there. Uh, I want to see a lot of... Um, Marcus Bagley tonight. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I don't think I've actually seen him play in person uh, because in the COVID year, uh, well, I did cover the team in the COVID year, but not the first few games of the season. And then, because uh, well, number one, I, I think they were on a tournament like on the East Coast. Um, and then last year, I didn't see him play much. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for him if he plays. Um. Let, let's take a look at just the players that left this team. We, you got guard Marion Jackson, uh, Jalen Graham. Obviously, that's a big transfer out. But obviously, they, they brought in a couple guys, Dez, uh, Cambridge, and Devin. Kamani Lawrence. He didn't mention Kamani. Oh, I missed Kamani. That's, uh, Kamani was Are you huge. sure he's not here? <laughs> Kamani, how many years was, was it? Six? I think it was. It like, was almost seven. I think it was. I think it was fifteen. He was a fifteen-year vet. He was really big when it came to getting rebounds for the, that team last year because it, they seemed to struggle on the glass. Except Kamani Lawrence was always around somewhere. Yeah, he's always around there getting some rebounds. Um, yeah, but you got Des Cambridge, Devin Cambridge, uh, both guys. Uh, coming from programs that have had success recently, uh, one from Auburn, one from Nevada, um, and they're brothers. That 
that helps. You get you get built in chemistry there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you got seven footer Warren Washington, and then guard Frankie Collins. I, I mean, this team has needed size since I can remember. Like, yeah, they, they've needed it. And so I mean, they have it. They they got Boaki as well, who we're hoping he shows up and 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 continues to grow this season. But you, you also have the seven footer in Washington who's coming in and hopefully gets some playing time as well, Jesse. Yeah, and then and then Frankie Collins as well. Um, he went. He was from Michigan, and just I've heard a lot of things about him, and that he's been uh, really good. So yeah, I mean, I think that who they've brought in might replace who they've. Uh, who they've lost in a in a better way. Like I think they might be better players than who they've lost. Obviously, Jalen Graham's a big loss, but he he has been inconsistent. He seemed to get sick uh, a few times. Like he had mono that one time, and then um, he I believe he had some had COVID last year. I, I I don't don't quote me on that, but I just believe he I did. Think he also had some knee issues. Yeah, he's he's had some he's he's missed some time. So uh, you know, I, I'm I'm excited to see what these new guys can do. I think they might be better players than the players that they lost. So you know, it's all about the offense for me. I, I think that we've seen some uh, not so great offenses from Bobby Hurley in the past, and I think that if they can, they have the talent, and all they have to do is. Um, you know, capitalize on that talent and have a good offense because they're going to be able to play defense. That that's not Bobby's always been able to to do that. Um, Jake, before we get to you, I, I, I failed in mentioning we're going to have uh, the play by play broadcaster uh, Tim Healy on with us in a little bit to discuss uh, this men's team and and what we can expect from them. But before we get to that, Jake, same question kind of to you. Um, Although this team had a, a few guys either graduate or transfer out of the program, uh, what do you think of the guys that are new coming in and hopefully should be able to um, to contribute right away? So I'm glad you asked. Because two of the guys that we have not mentioned yet that I do want to mention, who are both freshmen, are guard Austin Nunez and then um, big Duke Brennan. Duke's actually from here. He went to Hillcrest. But he's 6'10", so I'm interested to see how he – works his way into this lineup. But Austin Nunez was a McDonald's All-American guys in high school. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, this kid can play. So, I'm, I'm you know, they may not be the, – they're not, they're not the one-and-done type. So, they're, they're not going to be guys who might take over the entire program. We, well, didn't, we didn't think that about Lugans Dort, so. No, but that's – and that's actually what I was about to bring up. Like, maybe they could um, if they're, right. they're getting the right opportunity with the right coaching and the right team. And I'm hoping that even – Worst case scenario that that doesn't happen, we can see these guys play for ASU for at least two years, um, maybe even three. Who knows with how they develop and and how they project to to go pro. But there's some decent recruits like we've been talking about. We have the size. Maybe this is a different ASU team. I know they're only picked seventh by the Pac-12 media people, which does not include me for what it's worth. I know Jesse is on the women's side. I am. But, but – Maybe ASU can can um, turn some heads and you know do well in the Pac-12 tournament and ha- maybe sneak into the NCAA tournament. I I failed in mentioning this as well. Um, when you look up and down the roster, there's a lot of um, I don't know how to say just guys uh, veteran guard play. Jesse, right? Oh gosh, I, I love, love veteran, veteran guard play. You got veteran D- D- junior DJ Horn. Uh, you got redshirt senior Luther Muhammad. Uh, obviously, uh, Desmond Cambridge is a fifth year. He's a guard. You, you got uh, 
Burrow, who's a, who's a senior. You got, Joe Burr. You got a bunch of guys. Like you, you look up and down this roster, and and they're guys that know and and, and know how to play basketball, basically. So Joe Shisey, De- Devin Cambridge, also Joey a, a Franchise, sen- a senior guard. Or, or you said Bur- there's Burrow. Is is you're, you're just gonna, hey, I'm gonna, okay. I'm Bur- gonna be Burno? In, uh, it's Micah Burno. Shout out, sorry. Shout out Bobby Hurley Jr. Purely because he went to Notre Dame prep. High school, yeah, but he, he's a sophomore. He, he's not. He's not veteran. You know, yeah, that's why I you went to be high school, upperclassman. Jeremy, you don't. You don't get it. Yeah, well, Notre yeah. Dame prep. I get it. NDP, and he's a sports journalism major. Is he really? So rep- represent. We used to look at him walking around on the on the sidelines with with his awesome. He had awesome shoes always when he he was so little when when we first got here. Yeah, apparently he's six foot now. Yeah. So congrats to him for for being six foot and making uh, the roster. Yeah. Um, yeah, senior guard play and, and or upperclassman yeah, guard upperclassman play. guard play is always important if you're gonna make the tournament, but they have to make the tournament first. Critical um, in tournament play, we see that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's critical in tournament. Well, you play. saw it with Remy Martin last year being it, able to lead that Kansas team to a national yeah, championship. It, it's the best way to it's the best way to just get away with uh, not knowing anything about the NCAA tournament. You just find a team that uh, has senior guard play and you break that team down, and there you go. You've got yeah, your, you've you got to your say, take. All, all you have to say is their coach will get uh, all the the seniors. Uh, you know, the senior guard play is really you know important for this team, and yeah, yeah. and that that's your, that's your NCAA tournament analysis it's mm-hmm. really it's really easy to do um but, four senior guards means that you're going to win your first round matchup yeah even exactly. if you're 12, 12 exactly yeah, yeah. It's, it's always it's it's always the case mm-hmm. um i did want to mention though speaking of veteran players though um that that aren't guards um alonzo gaffney i was really impressed with yes. what he was able to do uh last year um and i think that he could be a really crucial part part of this team he can Not- play inside not a lot of people he can play expect- outside. He's okay. he's really athletic. Like <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just very excited to see what he can do, and I think he can be a big uh, part of this team that can can maybe even carry them. Because um, yeah, I just think the sky's the limit for him. Not a lot of people expected a lot from him, and he's come in and and been a key contributor on this team, and that's awesome. I'm very very happy for him. Um, moving on, and we touched on it a little bit. Uh, I want to get a little bit more into Marcus Bagley, and he's liter- hes really a key, like a big key to wherever this team goes. And I've—I've I've said this before. I think he's the most important athlete at Arizona State. Yeah, I think you're wrong with that. Team. I think the starting quarterback for the football team at at all times is the most important athlete. If at Marcus ASU. Bagley lives up to his potential of what we saw at the beginning of his freshman year. I think the sky's I the limit. See him play like ten games in a row. Yeah, I think I think the sky's the limit for this team. Yeah, I mean, I think the sky's the limit for the team if if he you know is is good and plays well. Um, but again, we, we don't we don't really know what what he can do because he hasn't really played. So uh, I don't think he's the most important athlete in in ASU because I'm not even sure he he'll be the best player on the team uh, this year. I don't. You know, you just don't know anything. So if, I think if I, he is, if he is, if he lives up to his potential. He's one of the top ten players in the country. Okay, but like, like we haven't seen that yet. So, I, and I think that just because football is king in in the United States, that the starting quarterback for the Division One football program is the most important athlete at the school. But again, I don't want to get into that argument because it it's a it's just an argument that won't um, ever you know come to a close. But I do want to play what Bobby had to say about Bagley, give a little update on him, and you know just kind of talked about how he's been progressing 
and we can laugh at Jake because he won't be able to hear this. So it's just going to be silence for him for like however long the soundbite is. Yeah, I think when we had the open practice here, he he had uh, he was sick, so he had he had missed some time for that. But uh, outside of that, he's been healthy, and uh, you know he's he's moving great. Um, I think you know last couple of days of practice, he's kind of turned it up a notch. Where you know, I think a lot of guys know when you know when the lights are ready to be turned on, and and he's kind of taken his game to a different level. You know, the last few days, so that's been positive to see. So, it, Jake, since you didn't hear, <laughs> he's uh, it, Bobby said that he thinks that Bagley has taken his game to another level in the past couple of days from what he's seen at practice. That was from Wednesday, by the way, courtesy of Sun Devil Source. So what what do you think? What What is your feel for... I know you said you want to see him play, but if he if he does, and if he plays a whole season, what do you think that means for the Sun Devil team? Well, first, just so our listeners know why I can't hear the audio you guys can, I'm currently uh, coming to you live from the press conference room for the football team because we had Chana Guano and Donnie Henderson's pressers today, and I stayed on campus because the basketball team literally tips off in an hour and 20 minutes or so. So yeah, there's a reason Get over there. Why, why are you talking to us? Get, get on over to DFA. Come on. Yeah, I, I will when I'm done talking to you. Uh, to answer your question – Uh, It's kind of what you said is basically I expect this phenomenal basketball player. Um, I'm hoping he's, you know, three-fourths of his brother. I mean, if he's better than his brother, who's in the NBA, I I would take that, obviously. Um, But like Jesse said, you just don't know because we've seen glimpses and flashes. And it's not like we're talking about that about a guy who plays every day and it's like, oh, we've seen what he can do. It's like we don't see him play because for whatever reason, um, we haven't seen him on the court. I would just love to see him on the court for, you know, 20-plus games, 25 games, and let's see what he can do. And everything leading up to this point in his career has told us that he's a phenomenal basketball player that's following in his brother's footsteps to go pro. And like you said earlier, Jeremy, if that is the basketball player we see, I don't know if he's the most important player on campus athletically, but he definitely could lead this basketball team to – a higher standard than we've been used to over the last couple of years and definitely what the preseason projections are currently for the men's basketball team. Yeah, you you uh, alluded to it. I'm very confused about this. Like, pick seventh in the media poll? Like, I look up and down this roster, and I see a team that is much better than that. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about the women's team when we get to that. But, like, I look at this that roster. coaching change. Yeah. Be the reason yeah. That. yeah. It's it's a little I, I think it's about the unknown for both teams. Yeah. Like you, there's a there's a few transfers that you don't know about. There yep. there are guys that that haven't gotten a lot of playing time that are probably going to get some playing time this year including a couple freshmen. But and and obviously Marcus Bagley, but if you if you look at potential this team could potentially be a top 25 team in the country and make it to to an NCAA tournament. Uh at least the first round but yeah i i i'm i'm perplexed like because every year these media polls it's projecting like if you if you project this team like just looking at the roster it's maybe top three in the pac 12 i can i can give you guys some insight here on you know just voting in a poll um 
it's very unknown. Uh, I mean, I, I vote in the women's poll, and you know, I just basically go through the roster. I'm like, okay, this player was good last year. She's back. These players are are you know projected to be good players. They're projected to step up. It's you know, it's just kind of like a going through a roster. But Kentucky's and going, ranked fifth or fourth every year, and yeah, they end up dropping out of the top twenty-five. Yeah, like, it's just, it's just, you know, it's kind of just based off of the talent on paper, and right, you but don't really know anything my thing until, is this until team people. Has ta- this team has that talent. Why, yeah. why are why are they not getting the same treatment because as other teams? Probably because the players are transfers. Most of the country and, and is what, like that. And now what too. has happened in the past couple of seasons with ASU? I guess that's that's kind of my opinion on on where that has been. It's just because that because that factors because that factors into it too. It's just like oh, this team hasn't been good the past couple of years, so I'm not going to rank them as high. Which I didn't do this year on the women's side because I think that Cal is actually going to be pretty good. So I put them a lot higher than a lot of people have them. So um, yeah, I mean, I I just I just think it's. It's really just an unknown thing at the start of the season, so I, I just wouldn't put too much uh, credence into it. I got really upset. Jake, bring me down. Let, just just tell me it's, everything's going to be okay. What did you get upset about? I, I mean, I got upset about the polls. I, I, I started yelling, and it's, it's, it upset me. So can you, can you just bring me back to earth and well, tell what, me everything? What did I say preseason about polls? Tell me. It was like they, like, it was basically like if you're, if you're, for a good team, it it is just a, a motivational line, and if you're a bad or and if you're a bad team, wherever they put you, like basically they don't mean anything. They just either make your head blow up and think you're better than you are, or they motivate you. There's really nothing a poll can do. The only poll that actually matters is college football playoff, and then technically the NCAA rankings of basketball when they give you the field, but that's basically the tournament. Right. Um, yeah, I trust Joe polls, Lenardi's man, bracketology. No, yeah, it, it, he's usually I mean, very close. The bracketology is fun. Just to Charlie see Cream, the women's who's going to play who and who's actually going to be playing in this thing. But I mean, in all honesty, like the polls don't actually mean anything. They just give us something to talk about and more of a like, oh, this team's actually good because there's no way everyone in in only like the John Rothsteins of the world know every basketball team in this in the country. But for the most part, like. If I were to watch a Big East game and there were no rankings, I wouldn't necessarily know who's good or not because I don't follow the Big East. Yeah. Whereas, like, the Big 12, I'm going to be able to tell you who's good – or not Big 12. Pac-12 is going to be – who's going to be good <laughs> and bad, obviously, because we watch these. Getting ahead games. of yourself. You're right. I'm already getting used to it. Look at me. <laughs> I'm, already, I'm already, already referring to ASU as a Big Not 12 happening team. for a while. Not <laughs> happening for a while. That's, that's my that's, prediction. That's, that's hashtag, absolute, spe- uh, hashtag speculation. Yeah. Hashtag not, reckless, not reckless speculation. Um, reckless. I want to get to what we think is going to happen because we're talking about projections. We're talking about how team, how people are projecting the team that we cover. Jake, I'll start with you. Thirty-one games, by the way, on the season. Jake, I'll start with you. What Which are you? They, they can't finish five hundred. I love that. <laughs> love that. Well, you know, hopefully, it's like there's a Vegas no. It's over under. You can't. You can't have a push. So the past couple of years, we've had that lovely December COVID outbreak. So hopefully, this year there's no December COVID outbreak, and they can actually play 31 games. Jake, what do you, what do you expect from this team? I expect the team to be better for sure. Um, obviously, last year they were what 14 and 17, didn't go 500. So and they scored I, I think 27 points in the game. I think I think 20 wins should probably be the goal. 29. Um, and if you can get over 20 wins, you're usually 
going to do decently well enough to get into a tournament. Um, so I should say, yeah, I'll, I'll say 21, 22 wins maybe. All right. I'm going to go with 19 and 12, which I think yeah. puts them firmly on the bubble. Um, yeah. I think that they'll have some games that they were that they're they're supposed to lose that they'll win and they'll have some games that they're supposed to win that they'll lose um that's just kind of how i've you see i'm i'm looking at a, at past teams even though there are so many new players and just thinking about that but yeah i think they'll be better than the past two seasons um and yeah i think they'll 19 and 12 puts them firmly on the bubble and you know we'll, we'll see I, I i hope that they go to the ncaa tournament i hope that they don't have to go to the first four um, but you know, nineteen and twelve also first four sounds about right at that record. But again, they have to have quality wins, and we've seen Bobby Hurley be being able to do that. So I think they'll have that. But again, I think they'll they'll have some losses to like Oregon State and stuff like that. So when the schedule came out a little over a month ago, we discussed it a little bit, and this is where I get really worried. Now I I think this team will make the tournament. I'm going to come out and say that. They're going to but they're going to be on the bubble. It's going to be tough because their last 3 games are Arizona, UCLA and USC on the road. <laughs> so that's going that's if they lose all three of those that's backing in to the Pac-12 tournament and then probably having to play one of those teams again. Yeah, and you never want to back into conference tournaments because the committee just doesn't look at that. Yes. Uh in a in a good light. Correct. So win the Pac-12 tournament, call it day. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be nice. Oregon State did that a couple of years ago. Um, so I mean, they did. I like I I I think this team's good, and if Marcus Bagley plays up to his potential, this team could be the best team in the Pac-12. Like they could. <laughs> but it, you love Marcus Bagley. He he was a projected top ten pick. Like, <laughs> I just want to see him play first. Like, I'm, I'm just like, like okay. if, I, I, I'm saying that's what I'm specifying. If he plays up to his potential, so okay, like they could be better than 19 and 12, like you're saying. Like, but I, I think you're pr- pretty much right on the money. I think that's probably where they are. Um, and I think it's just it's going to come down to those last three games and and going into the back 12 tournament. Give us a record, Jeremy. 19 and 12. Okay. Yeah, I'll go with that. Okay, I like it. Hopefully, make the tournament. I like it. So we're all we're hovering around like all of us like nineteen twenty wins. Correct, which is much better. Which is much better. Yeah, which I'll is where that. they should be. Even if they are like nit one seed, Bobby saves his job. Correct. Yeah, like nit one seed would be electric. Um, we talked to Tim Healy. We didn't ask him his produ- uh, <laughs> record prediction. Yeah, I think but, that's good. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you, I think you it was a good call up by us. You, you can go and talk to him uh, at the game and, and ask him, Jesse, if you want. Yeah, I, mean, um, I might. I might. Um, yeah, but Tim Healy, the play-by-play uh, broadcaster for Arizona State football Jeremy and Trine basketball. Is, Jeremy trying his hardest not to say play-by-play host there. <laughs> his favorite thing, play-by-play host. Well, Hosting the play-by-play. <laughs> We talked to him uh, about this team, and, and uh, let's let's just get his thoughts on, on what he thinks and uh, where he wants this team to be. All right, Tim Healy joining us ahead of the Arizona State basketball season. He's a play-by-play broadcaster for the team. Tim, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Always good to talk Sun Devil hoops. Love it. Especially on State of the Sun Devils, am I right? Um, let's talk about this team real quick. There's a lot of people that aren't picking this team to finish very high in the Pac-12, but you know they brought in a lot of guys from the transfer portal, including two brothers. Uh, 
that 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 came in as well that said they wanted to play together. So one went to Auburn and the other I think went to Nevada as well. So uh, what do you think just uh, Overall initial thoughts on uh, what you think of this ASU team and uh, the way it's put together. Well, Bobby Hurley has told the media this month that uh, he does think this team of his has a little bit of a chip on its shoulder. And uh, in interviews with the players over the course of uh, preseason, you get the feeling that there is that sense that they feel like they are somewhat disrespected or undervalued by the preseason predictions. I've seen him picked anywhere from fifth to ninth, I think, in the Pac-12. I forget where they came in in the media poll. might have been seventh. I'm not sure. But, you know, Coach Hurley recognizes that. And he says, you know what, based on the last two years, it's probably justified where they're picking us because uh, the program has had a rough couple of years in the wake of uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, which has dramatically impacted this program each of the last two seasons. You know, we tend to think of the, the real COVID years being the 2021 season. But uh, don't forget last year, the Sun Devils had to deal with some COVID issues uh, and had a, a bunch of games in conference play that were uh, rescheduled, postponed, scheduled again and whatnot uh, in the course of late December and early January because of uh, COVID-19 protocols, uh, both in their program and in the programs of some, some of the teams they were scheduled to play. So, you know, it's been a rough couple of years uh, with COVID being part of the reason, but uh, they've had some injury issues and just frankly, you know, didn't play particularly well uh, two years ago and didn't play particularly well at the beginning of last season as a bunch of new pieces were trying to come together. But once everybody started to get healthy and they did get together and come together, um, they, you remember last year they closed pretty well. You, you know, you have to forget that horrific collapse in the Pac-12 tournament when they lost to Stanford. Yeah, that was bad. 14-point lead in the <laughs> final three minutes. But prior to that, they had won seven of their last eight games and had some really impressive wins, uh, including a road sweep of the mountain trip to uh, Colorado and Utah. And uh, they whipped Colorado in Boulder, and that was a Colorado team that had been playing well. And, uh, you know, they swept Oregon last year, an exciting uh, late win uh, in Eugene in uh, December. And then the Sun Devils dominated uh, Dana Altman's Ducks in the rematch in Tempe in February. A triple overtime thrilling win over UCLA. Um, You know, there were some real, real good wins for this team uh, down the stretch. As for this year, um, they do have a lot of new pieces. I think it's something like, Six and six. I think they have six returning players, six mm-hmm. uh, uh, newcomers, transfers, freshmen. Uh, you mentioned the Cambridge brothers, Des and Devin Cambridge. I'm anxious to see them play. Des Cambridge, I think the one who transferred from Nevada is just a scorer. He's a really good player. He was. Uh, he spent two years in the Ivy League at Brown and was the Ivy League uh, play, uh, rookie of the year his freshman season, then transferred to Nevada And every year that he's played, two years there, two years at Brown, he has averaged between 16 and 17 points a game. The guy is a flat-out scorer. Um, His brother, Devin, is the one who played at Auburn uh, last couple of years. And it's not the scorer that Dez is, but he's very athletic, a good defender. And uh, I'm anxious. I think those two will be significant contributors. And I've also heard a lot of conversation about Frankie Collins, the guard from Michigan, who uh, transferred in. And uh, he's a guy that's got some 
spunk to him. Uh, you know, feisty. I think he'll be a good on-ball defender in the backcourt and a good floor manager as well for the offense. And I would not be surprised. Uh, Coach Hurley hasn't indicated uh, um, his starting five for the season opener, but it would not surprise me in the least to see Frankie Collins uh, be in that starting lineup on Monday night. We'll see what happens, but uh, I'm anxious uh, to see him play. And then a guy that maybe doesn't get as much conversation but could be as big a factor is the Sun Devils have a legitimate seven-footer this year in Warren Washington uh, who transfers in from Nevada. He was a teammate of Des Cambridge's at Nevada, started his career at Oregon State, uh, and he is he's a legit seven-footer, a legit rim protector. And when you, uh, when you have Washington, when you bring back uh, a talented, still-developing uh, young player, Enoch Wachi, who was a freshman last year, and then the amazingly, almost freakishly athletic Alonzo Gaffney at 6'9", uh, with those three fellas right there, uh, you've got some significant rim protection. And then let's not forget about one of the freshmen, Duke Brennan, a uh, local kid who uh, brings size as well. And size is always, for whatever reason, down through the years. And it's not just been in the Bobby Hurley era, even when, you know, in years when uh, Herb Sendak and before him, Rob Evans uh, were the head coaches here. It just seems like the Devils more often than not have teams that don't have, have not had a lot of size. And the same thing cannot be said about this year's team. And uh, if those players end up being productive, particularly on the defensive end of the floor, then uh, that could bode very well for the Sun Devils. All in all, I think this team has the potential to be better than what some of the experts think. And so much of it, so much of uh, fulfilling that potential not only depends on the newcomers I've talked about, but uh, maybe the biggest storyline on this team is the return of Marcus Bagley. I mean, Marcus was a guy when he came here two years ago as a freshman uh, was considered to be a one and done guy and a likely lottery pick. And then he uh, had injury problems, missed 12 or 13 games in the COVID shortened 2021 season. And then last year only played in the first three games after developing a mysterious knee injury. Well, he's, He's healthy and he's ready to go. And I spoke with him yesterday. Uh, he's going to be on our pregame show Monday. And, uh, you know, the, the old chip on the shoulder routine that applies to the team in general, I think it very much applies to Marcus because I think he feels like he's got something to prove. I, my sense is that he feels as though he's almost like been a forgotten man because he hasn't been on the floor that much due to injury. And maybe people forget how talented he is, how highly regarded he was when he came here. And uh, if he can stay healthy, uh, he's a a big-time talent that I think the so-called experts who are forecasting uh, middle, bottom part of the pack finishes for Arizona State may be forgetting about just a little bit. And uh, when you add in uh, the newcomers and the talents they bring, and then you – uh, you know, factor in a DJ Horn, who was a very solid scorer, their leading scorer a year ago as a uh, transfer from Illinois State. If, if DJ can get just a little bit more consistent with his outside shot, though he did rank among the Pac-12 leaders in three-point field goals last year, if he can hit them at a higher percentage, uh, boy, he's uh, he, he's going to be a significant factor. Uh, you have a defensive, a tough defensive guy and Luther Muhammad in the backcourt. Um, I think this team has the potential to, you know, be better than what a lot of people think they will. Um, yeah, a lot has to come together, but I think it's a lot of stuff that can come together. 
And uh, Tim, the, what I wanted to ask you about bas- basketball wise is um, with, with Bobby Hurley's team, you know, the past couple of years. Uh, we've seen some serious offensive struggles. Uh, the, the Washington State game last year, early in the season, was probably the biggest example of that. Um, in the portions of practice that you've been allowed into, um, do you do you see this offense coming along a little bit more than they've ha- they may have the past couple of years? Well, to be honest with you, first of all, I, I'm you know I, I feel a little bit privileged, but I'm I'm allowed into any practice that I want to see. I just have not had the opportunity with football still going on to see a lot of practices. I did see them practice uh, yesterday as we take this when I went to take my interview. So I've seen two uh, preseason fall practices, but I think uh, that was certainly one of the objectives that coach Hurley had. He knows that his team struggled at the offensive end of the floor. What people do forget is that last year's team was one of his better defensive basketball teams. The Sun Devils were a pretty good defensive team a year ago. And with that, you know, with the addition of, uh, uh, tenacious guys like Devin Cambridge and Frankie Collins who can defend the perimeter and the size they've added inside. Uh, I think Bobby feels like this team has the potential to be as good as the, I think he feels like his best team at Arizona state so far was the 2018, 19 team that featured Zylan Cheatham and Lou Dort. Lou Dort is a beast defensively. He's now in the NBA with the Oklahoma city thunder and Zylan Cheatham was uh, one of the top rebounders in the league and a terrific player, had a triple-double and a, t- a couple of 20-rebound games in that 18-19 season for Arizona State. So I think uh, this year's team can be good defensively, but he knew that he had to upgrade this squad offensively uh, from a year ago. And that's where you know guys like Des Cambridge, Desmond Cambridge, who uh, is a, like I said, he's just a scorer, you know, 16 17 points per game, rack it in. Marcus Bagley's return figures to enhance them offensively as well. Frankie Collins as a floor manager, hopefully he can get the ball distributed to uh, places where it needs to be and to guys who can score. DJ Horn, if he can shoot more consistently uh, than he did a year ago, he's, you know, he's a solid 12 to 15 points per game score. So again, we're talking about potential, but I do think the potential is there for this team to be much better offensively uh, than they were a year ago. Uh, you kind of brought it up about the eighteen uh, nineteen team. I kind of see similarities to the seventeen eighteen team. You, you know, you got a freshman coming in that is highly ranked in Austin Nunez. Might not be, uh, you know, obviously you had Remy Martin who wasn't ranked as high, but came in and, and was a contributor right away. Um, and then you got a bunch of senior guards that can really come in and not uh, not just score the ball, but create off the dribble and get to the wide open guys. Do you see any similarities there? Yeah, I'm not sure that this team has the shooters that, you know, Shannon Evans and Trey Holder and Cody Justice were yeah. uh, in the backcourt. And I'm not sure... At this stage, if Austin Nunez, a talented player, if he's going to uh, have the opportunity to make as big an impact early on as Remy Martin did as a freshman in 2017-18, I think I see more similarities, as I said, with that uh, 18-19 team. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I mean, that 17-18 team was certainly the one that began uh, the legacy of guard you. In fact, (laughs) at practice yesterday, Coach Hurley had a – 
a nice little gray lightweight hoodie on that had the black letters guard you emblazoned across the front of them. And uh, I still have a guard you t-shirt somewhere in the bowels of my closet here at home. But uh, (laughs) uh, that was, that was a special year. Uh, That team's win over Kansas in Lawrence, uh, December of 2017. I told you, I think in a previous football interview that I did an article for the ASU website on my top 25 moments uh, as the Sun Devils radio voice, this being my 25th season, uh, I was asked to write an article and pick my top 25 football, basketball, and baseball moments behind the mic. And that win at Kansas is in my like top two. I mean, that was incredible. That uh, that performance in that setting, uh, such a hallowed college basketball venue like Allen Fieldhouse and a great team in Kansas. They were ranked second in the nation and went on to be the number one seed in one of the regions in the NCAA tournament a few months later. But uh, the Sun Devils just shot lights out over the final two-thirds of that ball game to erase an early deficit and post absolutely one of the most memorable ASU sports wins, not just basketball wins, I've ever seen. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe there will be some similarities developed. And Austin Nunez is a very talented player, very highly regarded and uh, I'm anxious to see uh, how much playing time he'll get in the first couple of games of the season because uh, he was certainly a, a highly touted recruit coming out of the state of Texas. Tim, looking at this team, big picture, as a, as we look at maybe a little bit of postseason play, a, a team I always like to talk about is the 1920 team. That's 2019, uh, 2020, the one that got cut short because of COVID, unfortunately. You had the team coming into the Pac-12 tournament that was just about to start. They were the number three seed. I mean, barring a a major collapse, I mean, you figured they were going to go to the NCAA tournament. um, And it was kind of going to be that, you know, that that takeoff point, really, for, for, for Bobby Hurley and for the what he's done in his tenure here. Do you think that this team has a chance to make the kind of noise that we last saw in 1920? I think they have a chance. I mean, of all these components come together, I mean, uh, certainly a lot of ifs. And we had a former football player who came from San Diego who once said, if ifs were skiffs, we'd all be sailing. But uh, in any event, if, uh, uh, you know, a lot of things do have to come together. But I mean, as I said, Marcus Bagley, a tremendously talented player. Des Cambridge, he's been there, done that as a scorer. DJ Horn was a scorer here in the Pac-12 for Arizona State a year ago. The size I mentioned, you know, you can't coach size, and uh, they've got rim protectors uh, down low. Frankie Collins uh, played on a Michigan team that went to the Sweet 16 last year. I think his loss is felt because I've done a little prep on Michigan because Michigan could be uh, our night two opponent at the Legends Classic in Brooklyn, New York in a couple of weeks. Uh, The Sun Devils will play Virginia Commonwealth in the first game of that tournament. And uh, depending on uh, the results of the two games on that first night, their game two, uh, either consolation game or championship game opponent could be Michigan. It'll be Michigan or Pittsburgh. And I've done a little research on the uh, Wolverines, and uh, I think uh, they mit- they're going to miss Frankie Collins a little bit, uh, you know, this season. So, um, you know, he's he, he's a find. He's a, he's a good acquisition for ASU. You know, if Austin Nunez, the freshman, comes along, uh, Alonzo Gaffney, so much physical potential in that kid. If he can, if he can bring it every single night, uh, you never know. I mean, that's why, you know, like Chris Berman used to say on ESPN, that's why they play the games, you know, to see 
how all this is going to come together. But I mean, in my, you know, I'll put on my optimistic hat and say, yeah, I think this team has the potential to be better than what people think. And if they are, they'll probably be in the conversation, hopefully for a, a postseason berth come March. Tim, thanks so much for your insight. We really appreciate it. And we look forward to hearing you on the call Monday, late afternoon, early evening for the first game of the season. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. You ready? Mm-hmm. Three, two, and one. Thanks to Tim Healy for joining us. You can find him on Twitter at Tim Healy ASU, I believe. That is correct. Um, he's our play-by-play broadcaster. You can listen to most games on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And if it's not on there, it's on ESPN 620 as well. Um, so Tim told us about just hoping that everybody steps up this year. And uh, a lot of new people, new faces in the program. Mm-hmm. That's the same case with the women's program. Yeah. Especially at the front. Yeah. There's a new face. Yeah. Uh, I mean, everybody that has been affiliated with ASU or an ASU fan or whatever pretty much loved Charlie uh, for years. Uh, she's a great uh, face of the program. Um, and she's gone now. She retired. Uh she is doing her thing on the broadcast side, at least getting her foot in the door there. Um, and so, yeah, they got a new coach, Natasha Adair, and she comes from Delaware, where she revitalized that program. They were pretty dormant since Elena Deladon was there. Um, she led them to an NCAA tournament appearance. Um, but yeah, she's going to be dealing with the same thing that Bobby Hurley's going to be dealing with this year, which is a lot of new faces, kind of blending uh, the... Uh, old faces with the new faces, you know the, the the returning players with some freshmen and some transfers, and you know some redshirt freshmen as well. Yeah, and then you know you've got you've got some freshmen that are that are or you know a, a sophomore technically according to the roster. Yeah, redshirt freshmen. Yeah, the roster says sophomore though uh, that um, you know didn't play last year, and then you've got Meg Newman. Yeah, Meg course. Newman. She didn't she didn't play last year, and then you've got Isadora Souza who uh, is a senior, but, you know, she was in and out of the lineup, if if you even want to say that. She was, she barely played last year. So um, a couple of the returning players didn't really play. So it's going to be uh, a very new look uh, team this year, just like it is for the men, but I even, even a little bit more than the men. So last season, it really came down to those last five or six games, mm-hmm. and it was tough to watch. Because the team finished 12-14. and 14. Yeah. You know, coming into the Arizona game on February 13th, they, you know, they had a chance. Yeah, they 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 beat U of A, and they and were projected to go to the tournament, and then they just collapsed down the stretch. Lost by four to U of A, didn't play the Cal game, effectively got a loss out of that. Yeah. Um, Washington State Lost to them and then lost to Washington. Yeah, that that road trip up there was devastating. Yeah. Number one, also, be, well, number one because they lost. Number two because Jade Van Hefty, who had come back from another knee injury, got hurt. Then uh, on that road trip, tore ACL again. Yeah, and like they lost. Then they lost to USC and lost to UCLA, and then went to the tournament and lost to Oregon State. And their season was over. Uh, I'm excited to see what this team has because Meg Newman is supposed to be very good. Yeah, I think that Meg Newman is the key here. She was the number 33 recruit in ESPN's 2021 class. Um, she was like the biggest recruit that ASU's got gotten in a while 
for women's basketball. Um, so, you know, I think that her being back, hopefully, I mean, Adair didn't necessarily say that she was going to be back tonight. She said, we'll see on that one. Um, but yeah, I think she's the key. But then they've got some transfers as well um, that, you know, really, uh, really were highly rated recruits and then just kind of didn't do anything. Um so you know, once at, the at playing time pre- at their previous once schools, the playing time comes for these very talented kids. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be good. Yeah. I, like this year's going to be a different. Like it's going to be a building year, right? I, I I don't expect too much from this team this year. I'm excited. I'm excited to it, see what they have and some of the players. But as they build the chemistry, as they start to build into what they have on this team, I think next year is going to be very very exciting for this team. Yeah. Now this season, I would love to see them make the tournament, but. I won't be I won't be shocked and I won't be disappointed if they don't. Um, yeah, I would be. So yeah, it, it wouldn't. They were picked last in the Pac-12 by both the coaches, both and the media, and so that's that surprised me because again they have a lot of talent on this team. If talent can live up to the potential, I think they could honestly be a be a tournament team or fight for the tournament. I think that they've got some really talented players coming in. Um, you've got. Uh, um, Treasure Hunt, a great name, by the way. Um, she she was the number twenty eight player in ESPN's twenty twenty class. Started twenty nine games at at Kentucky last year, and then you've got Marosha Wiggins or Marasha Wiggins, who uh, she was the number eighteen player in the ESPN's twenty twenty one class. So you, you have a ton of top one. You've got three top four top one hundred players if you include uh, Tayana Crisp, who remained committed to ASU. She's a local kid uh, from Millennium High School. Um, yeah, so you, you've got four top 100 players on this team. So I just didn't really make much sense to me that they were picked last. Um, and I think that they can make some noise if those players live up to their full potential and if the chemistry is is good. And if Adair's offense is a little bit better than what we've seen over the past couple okay, of years. Okay, so as Jesse starts to get carried away, because he's, he's very knowledgeable on this subject, don't get me wrong, because he has covered this team for a while, and, and it's my fifth season covering yeah, the team. And his, as his phone goes off, um, it's fine. Sorry, Jake. I want to loop you in a little we'll, bit we'll here. We'll see that. We'll see that fine money in about two seasons. <laughs> <laughs> um, the team lost Jade Lavelle and Taya Hansen. They transferred to. And the the bad thing about the Pac-12 being so good is that when people transfer away, they end up going to schools that are in the Pac-12 as well. Uh, Taya Hansen, yeah, Taya Hansen went to Oregon, and then Jade Lavelle to U of A. I want to get your thoughts on on that, Jake. Just losing those two players specifically, and now the rivalry that it, that comes with that. I think when this news first broke, we were talking about it. Obviously not on a podcast, but we were all kind of going back and forth on like, how do you feel about leaving to go to a rival? Um, Jade Lavelle's uh, case, your bitter, most biggest rival. Um, Personally, I don't have a problem with her advancing her career, obviously with Charlie Turner Thorne leaving. Um, No one likes losing their head coach. It's the reason why you're at the school. But in terms of how it affects the team this year, it's going to hurt. Um, it's a lot of unknown, like we've been talking about, because you've lost players. You have a new head coach. You really don't know how all the chemistry is going to work with everything. And I think it, and also like you're going to have to see them again, right? You're going to have to face them again. And that's going to be it'll give you some motivation. Um, but it just it just hurts when you lose talented players. And then 
I'm always going to talk about Shayla Bell going to U of A um, because, you know, U of A has obviously been to a national championship. They didn't win it, but they've been to a national championship in recent years. And so just to see both their men's and women's basketball programs doing so much better than Arizona State's, it just never uh, feels good as a, as a devil. And I, I, I think it also has a lot to say about the Pac-12, though. Like I, like I was saying, like, this conference is great. And it's awesome yeah. to see on the women's side because... Oh, I think this is the best conference in women's basketball. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's without a doubt. Um, and there's parity within it. It's the thing. Like, you saw a few years ago, Cal was really good. And then and then two years later, they're really bad. So, like, there's times where it's up and down for each of the teams, which gives you hope as an ASU fan is where I'm trying to go with this. Because kids want to come dangerous. and play... Hope is dangerous. Right, but but kids want to come and play at, at a place yeah. where you're playing with the best and against the best. Yeah, it makes you better. That's what you want. You want to compete at the highest level, and we'll see what happens. I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how this ASU team moves forward because ever since I've been following this team as a student, when I was covering this team as a student intern, Charlie Turner was here, so... For me personally, all I know is her running this basketball program. Um, a lot in the way that uh, before you know Bobby Hurley got here was Herb Sendek. Those are kind of the only two coaches that uh, I have familiarity with just because they've been the last two coaches for the men's side for the last, what, 15, 12, 15 years. So it, when you have a change at the top, a change of the guard, maybe you get a new identity, you get a new personality from your team, and, and maybe – some rocks get turned over that weren't before and you find some new talents that take you further than you've ever been before. I mean, that's the, the hope you would, you would, you would have. Yeah. And that brings me to the overall expectations uh, for the season. Jake, where, where do you see this team finishing? I think they play 28 games. I might've counted that wrong. It might be 29, but it's either 28 or 29. I was really struggling over here. I, I, I did go into journalism. Let's go with 28. Last- Last year was a little weird seeing them struggle so much. Um, I Again, I, I'm going to admit I don't follow and cover the team the way Jesse does. So Jesse would obviously have the ins and outs of why there were specific struggles. Um, but I, like, I think this team can go 500 or better. And if you can do that, you can give yourself a shot to, to do something at the end of the season. That's, that's, again, going back to the hope that we're talking about. That's really what you're hoping for and what it can open doors for you in that, in that regard. Jesse? Uh, I think I just counted 29, so we're going to go with 29 games. So they can't uh, go 500. Jake, can't. Yeah, pick a side. Damn it. Pick a side. All right. All right. I'll, go, I'll, go, I'll go 17 and 12. Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's better than I think they'll do. Um, I think last year, the struggles, it's, it's went back to offense. Um, this year, Adair says that she is going to try to score 70 to 80 points a game. Um, which Love is it. which is awesome. Uh, however, I think it's going to take some time to learn that. Um, I think that they will be solid team. I'm going to say 15 and 14. I think there's going to be some. Uh, there's going to be a bit of a learning curve, but I think they'll start getting some good wins down the stretch. Definitely uh, a WNIT team, in my opinion. I think that this team goes a few games, maybe the same record as they had last year. A few, few games under 500. Um, well, they're playing more games. Hopefully, uh, well, 
Yeah, that's true. Well, few, I, I'm saying like maybe two or three games under 500. Uh, we start to see some growth, and I think uh, we see who's really going to be the person that carries this team going forward. Um, they need a scorer. They need someone that's going to be yep. able to take the ball and put put it in the basket. Um, I, I know that's the the goal of the game, Jesse. You're about to say probably I put the biscuit in the basket. Yeah, baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, I they need someone that's just going to go and get a bucket on any given possession, and hopefully Meg Newman Newman is that. Um, it's her first year. Can't put all those expectations on her, but I'm hopeful that we see some growth from this team this year and next year. Hopefully they're over 500 and make the tournament. Well, that's going to do it for our full... No, it's not. I got one more thing. Oh, Jake, go. The women's soccer team found out that they made the NCAA tournament. They will be playing at University of Portland, Portland Pilots, in the first round. The winner of that will take on the number one overall seed, Alabama. Wow. Which is basically what happened to the ASU last year when they won their first round game. Uh, forgive me, I forget who they played, but I do know that they had to end up playing Duke in the second round, who was, I think, the number two seed, um, and ended up losing to Duke. But, again, that's an that's a admirable loss in an NCAA tournament when you're playing teams that are picked to win it uh, very early on. But just wanted to give a shout-out to the soccer team. They did make yeah. a tournament again. We want Bama. In soccer, we in want football. Bama. They do, they do Football is king on the other side of the pond, Jesse. Don't forget that. That's true. This this would be getting Bama in football. There you go. <laughs> there you go. This would be getting Bama in football. All right, Jeremy. Is that I, Nick Saban will have a game plan for them, though. I'm sure he will. <laughs> um, yeah. Congratulations to the women's soccer team. That's really awesome. Yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully Graham's building a program over there. Let me tell you. Yeah. Hopefully, they beat the Pilots and they uh, go on and uh, play against Alabama, and we'll we'll be watching. We'll be watching. Uh, that's going to do it for our basketball preview episode. Check out uh, all of our podcasts at AZ Sports Devils and at ArizonaSports.com. You can find us on uh, Twitter at AZ Sports Devils, of course. And we're going to have a podcast in the middle of the week previewing the Washington State game for the football team. Mm-hmm. The women's team today, I failed to mention, they play against Northern Arizona and the men's team for basketball. They play against Tarlington State. Mm-hmm. All right. For Jesse Morrison and Jake Anderson, I'm Jeremy Schnell. We'll talk to you in the middle of the week. Ciao.